0: Welcome to Objectively Speaking. Objectively Speaking is Line Change Media's Columbus Blue Jackets podcast, and it is going to be a purely subjective, um, oftentimes level-headed, but we like, really can't promise that it ever will be, uh, recap of the most recent Blue Jackets game, recorded mere minutes after the game's conclusion. So what's up, everybody? My name is Jeremy Paul. And I'm Lauren Orman. And uh, so Lauren, oh my God, Lauren? Lauren in two seconds in I know oh my god it's because your last name ends with in that's not my fault okay anywho Laura Miss Laura Norman is one of my dearest and truest friends love Laura to death Laura and I started working together by the grace of some god um in a job (laughs) I'll just leave there like in a job um and fell in love with each other my everything my human um so i'm so excited to be doing this with laura and laura tell us a little bit about like how you dove into the hockey world
1: absolutely so my uh full-fledged hockey obsession is entirely jeremy's fault
0: Bitch, I accidentally muted you. Bitch, I accidentally muted you. <laughs> Unmute yourself. Unmute. <laughs> there we go. I okay. thought it was going to mute me because I was taking a drink of wine because we both know how bad we need it after tonight. But um, continue. You started, I, It's my fault that, one, you are muted, and, two, that you're a hockey fan.
1: Yeah, so as you can see, this is how Jeremy and I's relationship works. Um, Yeah, so Jeremy is the sole reason why I um, am a hockey fan, specifically a Blue Jackets hockey fan. Um, I actually just celebrated what I refer to as my hockey anniversary um, last month. So uh, three years ago on December 20th, uh,
0: Jeremy... It's just just so weird to like like that was a season and it happened in December and we're just now starting in January. So like, that's kind of throwing it off. Like it just feels weird.
1: It's bat crap bananas, but this is where we are right now. Um, So yeah. So Jeremy took me to my first blue jackets game. Um, it was against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I believe the initial reason why you took me to the game was because I was in a bad mood due to our job that we were in together <laughs> and you were like girl you need to get out of your apartment Um, oh my god yeah so you took me to a game and I was very much so convinced that I was gonna hate every single second of it um because you know me I am not a sports person sports has never really been a part of my life um until obviously hockey came into it but I sort of like immediately took to it, and I think it took maybe three or four more games after that for you to like ask me some questions and actually knew things. Um, specifically, I remember um, I think it was maybe my f- my fourth game. I, it was in February, I know that for sure. But you turned to me in a game and you're like, "So do you have a favorite player?" And without even hesitating. I said, yeah, Cam Atkinson, number 13. And yeah. this is you know, sort of where it's all jumped off from. So now I, I absolutely adore hockey, um, not just the Blue Jackets. I do follow other teams. Um, I learned about stats and like how the game is supposed to work and the history of the game. Um, and I just love it. I love the hockey community. Um, and I love talking to whomever will listen to me. Um, when i want to talk about hockey so i'm very excited to take this venture with my best friend and see where it goes
0: i'm so excited to do this and and Laura and i were talking before we started recording and like Laura said like you know i took her to that game and you know in part like so i'm a blue jacket season ticket holder and so i like for the most part was rotating like people i would take my favorite thing is is getting to take people to their first ever blue jacket like or any hockey game right like it's just such a cool experience to watch people like take that in for the first time. And and my dear friend Corinne, like, I got a chance to take her to one. It wasn't her first, but like just like being able to like show her the ropes and all that kind of stuff. And like many of my other friends, like it was their first, like, and that's just so fun to be able to introduce people to that kind of thing. And so I was like, Laura, duh. I feel like that's kind of how I like extend an offer of like really deep friendship is like, come to me with, to this blue jackets game. And we will, you will see me at my worst and you will see me at my best. And, um, yeah, so we went to that game, and hell, through that, like, I remember sitting in your apartment uh, toward the end of that season specifically, and I remember having uh, one of those, like, big-ass, sticky, like, like post-it notes, like, hanging on mm-hmm. your laundry room door that was like, okay, here's the current playoff situation, <laughs> like, here's what we need to happen over the course of the next few games to make it in, and, and then we did, and I remember going to, how, did we go to one or two of the Washington games together? I can't remember I think we went
1: to two because Karen was supposed to go to one with you and then she couldn't so I went um
0: right right right. I should say
1: as as a relatively new hockey fan um I am a very blessed person to have a best friend who is a season ticket holder um so I have gotten to go to a lot of of games and experience a lot of things that I think a typical fan doesn't normally get to do in their first First few years of loving hockey. So. Well,
0: I will tell you that the first few years that I loved hockey, the Blue Jackets absolutely battered and bruised me, like, in a way that I can't – which is, like, such a unique and interesting dynamic, I think, of our, like, the way that we think about hockey and we think about the Blue Jackets because, like, you came in. We haven't missed the playoffs since you've been a fan, which to me is just – like, that's mind-boggling to me because, like, my entire life I, I, I started – um if you've listened to any of the other podcasts or anything else on line change media like you know that i started getting into hockey probably like in the mid 2000s and so like all bad like not good like for the blue jackets until these last 5 years and so you know it's really interesting that you are like i don't know what it's like to lose and so every time i have to talk you off the ledge and i'm like no like there will be years that they they suck <laughs> like there will be years that they're bad And um, listen, I don't want to speak too soon about years that they're bad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think the the listeners will find out as this progresses that um, you and I have not necessarily like horrifically different opinions, but like I definitely have a sort of silver lining, more um, emotional um, view of the team and how... And how they do things um and that is because the seasons that i've experienced have all been either milestones or can you know continuing on and like this really positive um pathway i mean one of my you know memories that will be there for forever is you and me being there the night they swept the lightning (laughs) (laughs) first
0: playoffs oh my god we cried like just
1: crying in the stands and singing and chanting with everyone at the arena um you know I haven't had those moments yet where they haven't made the playoffs or they haven't you know crossed something off the young league bucket list um sort of stuff and I still get very emotional at every draft at every trade deadline
0: um oh my god I can't wait until we record episodes near the trade deadline,
1: <laughs> and uh, you know at uh, every you know point of like drama or whatever which I know we're gonna talk about later on but yeah I think I think everyone's gonna notice that we have a little bit of a different perspective um on how that is but you know it's what makes it exciting
0: so ah. I am thoroughly excited (laughs) for our arguments that we'll have like our loving arguments. Um, But like, like you said, like every season that you've been a blue jackets fan, they've been in the playoffs. Like they've done really extraordinary things. Miss girl. (laughs) Um, I'm not to the point yet. um, And so again, like to kind of recap, like this is going to be a podcast where we're going to record it every night after a blue jackets game. So you know we missed the first game but in theory we'll have 55 episodes this season which kind of makes me want to throw up a little bit like thinking about like making sure we get this put together and do it but mostly just like off the cuff like hey like hop on a zoom let's chat about this game like let's tell people our thoughts and let's just like start conversations about it um and that's what this is going to be and so i let's start a conversation about this game laura the blue jackets lose five to two to the nashville predators Um, start (laughs) start the season oh and two um for what I read on Twitter is the fourth time in the last six years and obviously like we said like things have worked out nothing to necessarily be worried about don't come and don't don't ask me questions until we're oh and eight because we've been there we've done that I know you haven't been through that yet but don't I won't stress out until we're there um but yeah I mean the game started out kind of promising like I felt like mad decent at the beginning of the game Um, it was nice to see Nick score Uh, I thought that that was really good I thought that that was um, for Boone and then for Nick to be the, the two goal getters like here at the beginning of the season like I think that that is a lot of what the Blue Jackets need like I think they need a lot of that veteran presence to come through and to be a part of that offense and like in theory that should be supplemented right by the people who have been brought in to be that offense to the people who have been developed to be that offense and that just like super hasn't really happened in the first couple of games but I digress so Laura like before the third period obviously like it went into the third period one-to-one like how are you feeling like going into the third period
1: I was feeling promising because you know the first game it was rough It was a very, very rough situation, Um, but there's a lot of factors that go into that being the first game after a very short training camp, you know, a season that didn't have any exhibition games prior to the start, you know, so you got to expect the team, you know, all teams were starting at the same sort of point um, in in that manner, but you got to sort of expect that it's going to take a little bit to get you know, a groove going, all that sort of stuff. And especially with COVID protocols, they haven't been able to practice um, as they have in the past. So coming into the third tonight, I was like, okay, we got this. Like they kept up their energy in the second period. Um, They were really sort of like battling it out. Um, I do believe that terrible call against Nick was in the second period. Am I correct in that? The high stick?
0: You're muted. Oh my god, I definitely muted myself. Um yeah, the high sticking. Um yeah, but thankfully, like nothing came of that. Like thankfully Nashville didn't score. But yeah, that's pretty tough call.
1: Um, but yeah, so I was I was hopeful. Um, you know, they obviously I would have liked there to be a little bit of a larger gap between our first goal and Nashville's first goal. Um, but with this being, you know, Elvis's first game of the season, it it's kind of understandable that he's not gonna just pick up his shutout streak, you know, right away. Um, but yeah, that third period, the wheels just really
0: fell off, Miss Girl.
1: Right on <laughs> off.
0: Yeah, and I think like to your point about Elvis, like, like you said, he. I mean, we saw this last year too. I, I mean, that was the start his entrance into the league. It wasn't just his first game of of the season kind of deal, and. You know, I, it was tough. Like, I mean, like, I'm not going to lie. Like I, in my heart of hearts speaking completely, like this is just transparent. Like I want Elvis to be the number one goaltender for the blue jackets for the future. Like that's who I want. Ultimately though, like I recognize that I actually want the person who is going to be the person that can set us up for success and like be the guy for like the next few years. And so I don't – like, two games is not anywhere near enough to get this thing figured out. But, like, I thought Corby looked a ton better than Elvis did coming into this oh, yeah. game. I mean, it just – I I don't know. Like, and I think if Corby's in net tonight, like, I, I can't say – like, that first goal I don't think goes in. Like, um, I don't think Grimaldi's goal goes in. Like, that, that slash shot from the right point. Like, I, I just – that trickles underneath Elvis's arm and goes in. I mean, that that one is a – that's a goalie's goal. Like, that is on him. Um, a couple of the other ones later in the third period weren't on him. That was 100% on the defense. But mm-hmm. for me, like, I saw – I was like, oh, man, where's Corpy? <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah,
1: you know, I, I think Corpy was incredibly – I mean, yeah, he took – what did we lose that game? 4-1? 3-1?
0: 3-1. But, I mean, he had the empty net goal, too.
1: Right. So, but Corpy looked. I mean, he looked like he hadn't spent a minute off of the ice. Um, game one, he was very focused, very solid. Um, and Elvis had those moments. Uh, Elvis is still, you know, this is only his second season um, in the NHL. Last season, he, you know, was chaotic for everyone. But you know, he wasn't a starting goalie. He was still going back and forth with with Corpy and um, you know, his his first game in the NHL will still haunt me for the rest of my days. Um, it's
0: like, not even the worst Penguins loss I've seen, like... <laughs> right, but
1: I mean, but it was a huge, I mean, it was a huge, a huge loss to experience, A, for a brand new goalie, but also for um, a Blue Jackets fan who just absolutely cannot handle losing to the Pens ever. Um,
0: you don't have to this year.
1: <laughs> that's true. We do not have, to, unless we somehow, which we, will, let's not jinx anything, but... Um, but no, I, I definitely, there were periods of time throughout tonight where I was like, God, I would wish he would just pull him and put Corby, in. you know, and it's not to say that it's because Elvis is bad or Elvis hasn't been, you know, keeping up with the training because I know if you follow Elvis on social media, like you will see everything that this man has been doing for the last however many months it's been since we left the bubble um, to keep himself... Um, ready to go, and I do think he's an incredibly talented goalie. I also want him to be, you know, our our top guy, because as a person, my background is in marketing and communications. Elvis is a brand, um, and that is something that the Blue Jackets really need. They need some brand-type players that can, you know, we have a great fan base, but we need to expand. We need to be in the larger markets, we need to be noticed, and you get noticed by players who are brand worthy. Um, and Elvis has that potential, not only by his name, but how he is as a goalie. He makes huge saves when he's on point, and he's, you know, very flexible and energetic, and really makes a show of things when he's he's in his zone. But unfortunately, that was not the case tonight.
0: No, and I think you make a lot of really good points too. And like for the same reasons, like that's why I, I'm with you like on Elvis and hoping that, you know, maybe maybe he will be the guy, but um we we will find that out this year, like without a doubt. Um so like you said, like like you alluded to, the third period, not so great. Um Philip Forsberg makes it two to one off of a um off a two-on-one rush. Again, like very similar to the goal that he scored uh on Thursday. And so I was like, oh, man, again, <laughs> like I got, like, in my head, I was like, oh, damn. Um, but then Texier uh, gets a deflection off of a foodie shot that goes in, like, right up, like, upper corner, um, barely sneaks in, but it'll count, <laughs> and makes it 2-2, two two, and I'm like, oh, okay, and then, like, Nashville scores three goals in the span of four minutes and 22 seconds, and I'm like, oh, God, like, this is so... Man, it was tough to watch, especially, like, the last two goals were within a minute of each other. And the thing that I, the thing that I have noticed um, is, like, I have not felt any kind of good about almost anybody on this team through the first two games. Like, there is one player that I have felt really good – two players that I felt really good about, and we'll talk about that. But that's it. <laughs> like, um, and yeah, so no. I –
1: i I feel the exact same way. We have not had any like shining star superstar moments. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, it's only been two games, but you know this is a this is a team that has veteran players that are supposed to be those shining stars. Um, you know, they have players who are in their third and fourth seasons with the team, so yeah, they're still you know, we drafted them, they're still quote unquote rookie-ish, but they've been here long enough that they know the type of game that this team plays. And there just really hasn't been those those moments and they seem pretty like not in sync with each other. Um and I guess you can also add to the fact that Torts has been pretty clear um with them wanting to switch up sort of their gameplay to being more offensive rather than defensive, which was, which is what we've seen in the past, um, which is great because we do need to put more pucks in net. Like we are a very low scoring team, at least we have been for the last couple of seasons. Um and we do. We need to we need to score more goals, but we that doesn't mean that we need to give up defensively. Um and I don't think that we've seen um enough of what we used to have in in defense over these last two games
0: well and I think too like it's hard to I mean you feel pretty good because your top four is the same right like you're looking at Orensky and Jones you're looking at Gavakov and you're looking at Savard as your top four and so in in theory you're thinking like okay like this is gonna work out um And then your third pair is obviously going to be a little bit different without having Nudevara, without having Murray anymore. Um, But, again, like that goes back to my point of like that top four hasn't impressed me like at all. In reality, I've thought Delzato and Kukin have been much like more noticeable. I mean, they might not. I don't necessarily know that I would say they've been quote-unquote better. But um, in a lot of the ways that this team wants to re-identify itself, like – every time Kugin and Delzato are on the ice, I, I'm noticing that. And they're like two of the only players. And really I'm not noticing Kugin that much, but I'm noticing Delzado a lot. Um, and so it, it's fascinating to me, like just in seeing that, because truth be told, like we can get to a little bit of the stats here tonight. Um, you know, you look and and Wierenski was a minus three on the night, was on the ice for three of the goals against. Um you know, you Jones was minus two for the night. And so it's just like those stats aren't going to tell the whole story. Um, but they're not – they're not do- – Wierenski, I mean, like top goal scorer defensive – like the top defenseman in terms of goals last season. I- I've gotten like none of that from him this year like so far. Like I've gotten no – um Like, I have felt no sort of confidence over the fact that he's going to be able to replicate that this year and going to be able to create, uh, and and that's what we need. I've gotten that clearly from Delzato. I mean, Delzato goes to assist tonight. Um, You know, he's got two points on the year. Um, What are your thoughts on on that top four right now, specifically on Jones and Moritzki?
1: Well, to briefly talk about Delzato again really quickly, I mean, I think it's very interesting – and I guess this ties in with with Seth and Zach too, is the difference between the levels of their confidence and how they feel about themselves. Um, Delzado hasn't played in 10 months. He wasn't on a team that went to the bubble. So he hasn't played since March when the shutdown happened.
0: That's a really good point.
1: So he's been working his butt off Um, for the last 10 months to get a you know a pro tryout to get on a team to show you know that he's still in the game he just turned 30 he is a veteran defenseman Um, he played with torts previously um, for one year on the rangers Um, but he has he has a fire like he has a I need to prove myself I need to show you know that I'm still I'm only getting better as a defenseman. Um, He said that tonight, you know, in his post-game interview that, you know, he is on a mission to prove that like, just because, you know, I may seem like an older defenseman, um, you know, there's still so much that he's learning and improving upon. And I think we've seen that in in these first two games. I mean, Nick doesn't make that goal tonight, the first goal without Delzato.
0: No, I mean that's a hell of a move by Delzato. I mean that yeah, was the was, way the way he like made Duchesne look like an idiot, which made me feel really great. But like but yeah, I mean that was a hell of a goal.
1: And I think I think that fire, that level of like having to prove yourself and having to really fight for your place is something that's missing in our veteran sort of returning um, to, use, to use a terminology from our previous employment, returning players, you know, the people that have been Blue Jackets, that's what's missing. Like, Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski are, are the most likely the top tandem defenseman pair in the NHL. Like, they are so good together.
0: Bold claim, bold claim, but I like it, I like it.
1: <laughs> Before we started playing the season, that was what people were <laughs> so like i'm just (laughs) i'm just reiterating on the the most recent press about it um and they are they're crazy talented um and they've done a lot of great things but i think that they have fallen into this like oh i'm great i don't have to necessarily push it i don't have to necessarily do this and i'm not just talking about the two of them but i think specifically the two of them have been known to have more of that ego about them and you know that's concerning when you're our top two you know defensive pairing we need you to keep going like we don't want you to carry the team that's not what we're asking but we need you to keep going and people like delzado and kukin who don't necessarily have secure spots on the team are doing that work that our top two guys should be doing as well. And I, you know, I somewhat say this about our offensive players too, that are sort of veterans um, with the exception of Nick and Boone who have, you know, really had at least a spark and a, you know, a burst of energy after doing, um, after the two performances so
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, yeah i think
1: spark is missing to some to sum that up
0: oh no i i completely agree with you and i think i mean like i might even challenge your point about nick a little bit like just because like nick was kind of that, that goal was kind of right place right time like i think that was delzado that like created that and and he just happened to be there he wasn't being boxed out of the crease and so i but i think like out of everybody i'm interested most to see like how some of these players that we're not mentioning continue to contribute to this idea of like becoming a more offensively talented team i mean i like like you know like just from being you know my friend and like knowing this kind of thing like Bjorkstrand is probably one of my favorite blue jackets uh, where <laughs> is he at like that first line like is is creating opportunities like countless opportunities but they're not converting and so at least you see like okay like maybe once they start to convert those floodgates are going to open I like Grigorenko, like I am so impressed with Grigorenko, like to me he is probably when I mentioned this, those two jackets that I've like had my eye on and who have really impressed me at the, at the start of the season it's been Gregorinko and it's been Delzato um, and so like same so I see those two players and like specifically Gregorinko I'm like this is a person who can create like he ends up finding the spots in the ice that are opportunistic if you remember on Thursday he ended up like right in the slot and you know found the puck and and was able to throw one in on Saros and Saros made a great save which see Saros has played really well over the course of these two games and so I think Nashville doesn't have to worry too much about what they've gotten net for the season but um but yeah and I also like there's a small part of me that is curious about our fourth line. Like, I don't know how you feel about our fourth line, um, but specifically that pair of, of uh, Nash, Bemstrom, uh, and Robinson, I, I think that that line is kind of being underutilized a bit. Like, I felt really good about that line on Thursday, and tonight, if you look at their time on ice, um, both Bemstrom and Robinson, both under 10 minutes, and Nash was a little bit over, I think he was in the 11s. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with his ability to win faceoffs and to play really well in the defensive zone. And also, you know, him being a part of – I believe he's a part of the penalty kill. Yeah. Um, no. And so – go ahead. Oh.
1: <laughs> no, I was going to say, no, I, I completely agree. Um, I love Eric Robinson. I think that he is a really great player. He is so fast. Like, he is stupid fast. Um, on the ice last year, he struggled a little bit um, with stopping. Um, I think once he gets sort of going, he gets that sort of because he's a super young guy. You know, he gets super excited, and so he sort of overskates situations sometimes because he is so fast. Um, and Jeremy can attest to this. I have not always been the biggest fan of Riley Nash. Um, his first season with the Blue Jackets, I think, was my first full season as a fan.
0: Yeah, because I remember when, because I was on the train going to Chicago, or coming back from Chicago to Valparaiso on July 1st of the day. We signed him, and I told you about it. Yeah, so that would have been your first year.
1: Yeah, so, and he had, he didn't have a terrible first season. It just, he really took a long time to, like, get acclimated to being a Blue Jacket and how. sort of the team plays and i was just very frustrated with him all the time because he would come on the ice and like absolutely nothing would happen um and it just was frustrating i have since gotten over that because last year i thought he performed extremely well he performed well in the playoffs um you know he's really come about in being a blue jacket and, um, but yeah, I do think that that line is, is underutilized. Um, and that's kind of a bummer, but I know Torch is still figuring it out because as you can see, you know, the lines were definitely shifted minus that first line or minus top line, um, you know, tonight with um, Cam and Boone um, being on the same line. Um, with Nick so that's just you know we're floating back and forth with some options but I would like to see him I would like to see Torts putting out that fourth line a little more often especially if we're going to be struggling um, in the areas that we're struggling in.
0: Well I think you make good points about like that line being played more but to some extent like I wonder if that line like if those are actually fourth liners by definition like I think that this team like was most successful when they had a fourth line that uh, was just like super dynamic in the way that they, in the way they were used and the way they performed. Like this would have been before I think that you were invested as much as you are. And I don't even actually know if you were a fan at the time, but like, I think about like Sam Gagne playing on the fourth line and Scott Hartnell playing on the fourth line together. Like I think about that line and I think about how dynamic they were and how much they were used and how well they performed I think about this line and like I don't think that Eric Robinson is a fourth liner in the NHL I don't think that Emil Bemstrom is a fourth liner in the NHL I think that there is just such a weird mix of like I don't want to say we have an overabundance of top nine talent because I don't think that's the case I think we have an abundance of of bottom six talent specifically like in the third line (laughs) like I think that you know, you look at, like, a Liam Foodie, like, Liam Foodie's not a fourth liner. Um, I don't believe, like, I don't believe that Miku Koivu, when he comes back, is a fourth liner. I think he's a third liner. I, and then you look at some of the guys who are, like, still, like, on the taxi squad or whatever, like, you think about Kevin Stenland and Nathan Gerby and those players, too, like, like, I don't think those players are, like, maybe Gerby is, but, like, like I don't see like there's not like a defined fourth line here, and it doesn't get rolled, in the same way that those uh, three lines are getting rolled. And so I'll be interested to see how that develops because I think it's a weird waste of talent. Like and you said earlier, like that, like not Bemster uh, Robinson speed, like him on a third line, like maybe with a foot like I-, I would be curious like what does a foodie in the center or no excuse me a Texier in the center with foodie on the wing with like, what does that look like or with Robinson I'm going to stop doing that at some point <laughs> so I guess I'm going to stop confusing those two um, so I don't know it'll be really fascinating yeah.
1: no I definitely like I think it's going to be such a weird game of Boggle a little bit with how Torch determines things especially because you know as you briefly mentioned Miku Koivu it has been out the first two games because he due to COVID protocol um, so what's it gonna look like when he swaps back in? Um, you know, because he's a veteran player, like we got him for a reason. Um, so he's obviously going to play. Um, so how does that shake up the lines? And, you know, like you said, we do have you know, some strong talent on the taxi squad. Um, I'm a big fan of Stenland. He did so well um in the games that we had him in last season as well as in the playoffs. Um, you know, he's still growing as a player, and I'm, you know, anxious to see how this goes back and forth between, you know, these guys that are on the taxi squad and also potentially going to play for the Monsters when the AHL starts in February, but, you know, it is, I don't, I agree with you, I don't think that those three guys specifically are fourth liners, you know, to reiterate, Robinson's speed is crazy, like, he can be up on a third line um and you know with these younger guys and like I think be pretty dynamic if given the opportunity. And, you know, with Bemstrom, I think he's still looking for his like niche because, you know, we heard last year was his first season with us and, you know, we heard all about what he was like um playing before. And like he's supposed to have this incredible slap shot you know, really high-scoring player, and we just haven't seen that yet from him. Um, He's still definitely getting his feet wet in the NHL, Um, but I think if Torts is a little bit more flexible with moving those, you know, third and fourth line guys around um, to see what works, I think we might have a better result.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I just... I don't know it's just such like you said it's a weird game of boggle and I'm excited to see how it plays out. So if you had the arduous task of trying to pick three players <laughs> like that that stood out to you in this game specifically against Nashville tonight who would your top 3 be? Who would be your blue jackets three stars?
1: Um okay. So I'm going to go oh this is hard because it was a Rough day today, um I definitely think my number one's going to be delzato. he I mean, like I said, Nick doesn't make that goal without him. um he was for most every shift he was out, he was on his game defensively and like really trying to help along the you know twenty five plus scoring opportunities that we had within that game um and so he would definitely be my number one. Um, obviously, I think I'm gonna go with like yes, the goal is credited to Tex, and we'll take deflection goals all day long. But I'm gonna give my number two to Liam Foodie because I really, really have faith in this kid. Um, he was my he was my very first draft pick. That was the first draft I watched.
0: That's crazy. I didn't even, like, piece that together.
1: <laughs> so I have, like, some real, you know, emotions towards him. I want him to do well in our organization. Um, you know, he really came in clutch last year for us, and I just I just want him to do well. I think he's eager, um, and um, much like I talked about before with um, Delzato, like, he has a fire, and he wants to do well, and he wants to prove that he can do well. And then just because I love him and because he got us on the board, I'm giving my third star to Nick. Um, as I mentioned before, we're going to go back and forth with how I'm emotionally attached um, to players versus Jeremy's more analytical um, in the game. And I just love Nick Felino. I think he is the most incredible captain. Um, he just yeah I feel like his his spirit is the blue jackets and I love watching him score goals I wish it happened more often um but yeah so I'm gonna give him, I'm gonna give him my third start on Nick.
0: yeah no I, I think that's totally fair I think um for me it's a little bit tough because like you said like there are players that maybe created and things like that but looked a little bit ugly on the scoreboard right like for me again like I look at like my third star I'm gonna go with Grigorenko like I think that he was the only one that was generous Dubois had a couple of of setups but it wasn't anywhere near I thought the way that Grigorenko could find open ice I mean he's nowhere near nowhere near like not even a fraction of his talented as like Artemi Panarin was but what I think this team needs so desperately is, like, somebody who can find the open spot on the ice and can then make a play to create. And I think Greg Ringo did that tonight again. Like, like, once he scores, like, I think the floodgates are going to open. It's just a matter of getting the damn puck in the back of the net for him. Uh, and I'm hoping that comes sooner rather than later. Um, I look at I, – I think you make good points about, like, Texier, Foodie. Um, I think – that's a little bit tricky, like, because Texier moved up um, onto that, like, in the second period, he was playing with Fleno in that second line and that kind of deal. He moved up, uh, flipped with Domi, uh, and that was the line that scored that goal in the in the second – or in the third, excuse me. And so I think he was kind of just in the right place, right time for that goal, though, again, like, kind of like Nick was. Um, but obviously, like, I think Texier played well enough to, to – earn more ice time on that second line so I would give my second start to Texier. And and number one I would give it to Delzato I mean for all intents and purposes like Nick's goal is Delzato's goal like that thing was sitting right there on the goal line and and Nick tapped it in and, and grateful that he did right but yeah you know that that play is entirely made possible by by Delzato and I'm just I'm so impressed I know um You know, you were talking about locks a little bit earlier. As far as like that defensive pair goes, like I think the top five is locked. Like I'm not 100% certain that Kukin will will find his way in the lineup every single night, but like Del is a fixture, I think, at this point, the way that he's played, and I I don't think you can find a way to get rid of him out of this lineup to this point. Yeah, I agree. And
1: you know, there's been a lot of talk about Kukin, you know, over the last couple of weeks as we've been in training camp, and you know a lot of the reporters and the people that have been watching training camp and, you know, they have a lot of faith in Kukin and what he's going to become. So I like that he's been able to be in these first two games. Um, I do kind of hope a little bit that he gets to go to Cleveland and can like really rough some stuff up, up there uh, or down there. Um, and, you know, build some more of that skill. Um, but yeah, I think you're right in the top five. They're, they're pretty much locked.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. So if you had to pick somebody to put on your shit list tonight, anybody, who would you put on your shit list?
1: I had one and then I looked up the stats and so I was a little bit prouder of him. So he's like partially on my shit list so I'm going to have two. Um, and you know as i mentioned in the beginning of this inaugural episode is that cam atkinson is my favorite blue jacket um i am an incredibly loyal cam atkinson fan but i'm also probably one of his harsher critics when he's not playing the way i know him to play um he only had one shot on goal in the first game tonight he had six um so That's obviously a great improvement. Um, And I just want him – he had such a rough season last year. Um, He was injured. He just couldn't find his pace. He was dealing with, you know, every single critic saying that he was going to be nothing without Artemi Panarin. Um, And that's not the case. He's a very skilled player. He's a veteran player. Um, He just needs to find his rhythm. Um, And I know once he does – He's gonna blow everything out of the water, um, and so yeah. So I'm a little bit I'm a little bit frustrated with him, um, just because I know he has more in him than what he's showing. Um, but there was improvement from game one to game two, so we'll take that. So he's only half on my shit list. Um, and I don't know if we were gonna talk about this, and I haven't looked at his stat, but for right now my permanent shitless member is Pierre-Luc Dubois. And, you know, for those those who aren't aware, we started this season, this training camp, with just the most amount of drama from this very young player about wanting to leave the Columbus Blue Jackets, basically out of nowhere. And I know that you and I have talked about this. Mm -hmm. So he has been, since we drafted him, sort of this integral, integral, part of the team you know he jumped in early on to like wanting to be a part of not the direct leadership team but like being sort of a person on the team that was you know integral into decision making he's an incredibly talented player when he's on his game but he's still very young and hasn't figured out how to control certain aspects of his game yet and you know he also has kind of a temper problem when he gets riled up he doesn't so much have as much control over um his body and his space he's a huge player they call him the moose for a reason like he is just a big dude um but you know we get started it's december 31st and he still hasn't signed a contract um and all of a sudden we start hearing that all this drama is happening that he wants to leave he's super unhappy Um, you know, they're going back and forth with all these different contract lengths. I think we ended up with, he signed for two years, but he was offered eight and three. Um, and it's just sort of out of nowhere. And every, every interview he's done since just makes me more upset about this situation. Um, he's just been so lackluster, just looks so miserable. Um, and, you know, he made this big, huge statement early on, that he was going to be the best player, going to be the best teammate, going to be the best man that he could possibly be. And I have seen none of that. Absolutely none of that in these two games. Um, And it's just so, like, such a spoiled... And again, I don't know what his reasoning is. So I hate to say this because I hate to make assumptions, But it just seems kind of ridiculous and he's not holding up his end of the bargain and we went through this two years ago with Artemi Panarin and Sergei Borovsky and it's just annoying so for the foreseeable future PLD will be at least one of my people on the shit list
0: yeah I think that's fair I think that's fair I mean I haven't noticed him like I don't like he hasn't really done anything like to me like i haven't like he hasn't caught my eye very many times in these first few games as somebody who is playing, with, and
1: that's that's not the type of player that he is right like, I mean dynamic player he scores goals, he makes plays, he is a presence on the ice, and he has literally been like a ghost,
0: well, like even if he isn't like even if he isn't scoring right like he is doing things on the ice to be noticed and I just haven't seen that um for me personally like my shit list I I would put Zach Wierenski on it for this game um you know he led the team in ice time tonight um was minus three on the ice you know had that really bad turnover at the blue line I also like every time I say that kind of shit I'm always like try it Jeremy like try to try to be an NHL defenseman and try to see how you do I would be for shit Zach Lorensky would run circles around me I can't skate okay Same. um <laughs> but like speaking as a fan like he's the kind of player that I want to see more out of because again like we talked about earlier he has this offensive presence right like he should he should be creating offense and he should at the very least as a defenseman not be allowing for created offense on the other side of the ice and tonight I felt like he found himself in multiple positions whether that's because of him or because of other things like where he was he was giving up offense like he was allowing for Nashville to create some really great offensive opportunities and ultimately you know score five goals and I think like it's interesting because in some ways you look at this really shortened season as it's hard to like make this season a vacuum of like, oh, like let's just like move on from the season and forget it when it's over. It's more so like at this point right now, we're looking at Pierre Luc Dubois. We need him to perform well, not only for us to, you know, possibly make the playoffs, to possibly have a chance at, you know, going further in the playoffs than we ever have before, but we also need him to perform well so that way we can get a return on him because he, we know he wants out. Like, and if he tanks it and he's not playing well, we're not going to get the return that we deserve on him because he's a great player. The same with, like, a Zach Wierenski type. Like, I'm not entirely convinced that he's untouchable. Like, and I need him to produce the way that he was producing last year to ensure that if we get down to the deadline, maybe we're not going to be a competitor, but maybe, say, somebody in, in Canada is like, oh, my God, like, we need a player like Zach Wierenski. We need a player like pierre Le Dubois um, to make this playoff run. Like, we can, we can milk out as much as we can. And so for him, I think it's just a couple games. Like, I'm not worried about him. Um, but I would just say for tonight, that would be who I would throw on my shit list. But, again, we're not the experts. But I enjoy playing one on a podcast. So, Laura, if you had to, like, make one change going into the next game, what would you do?
1: Uh, Give them all five-hour energy drinks? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I just, I, I need them to see themselves, um, to see themselves as a, as a competitive team for the last, you know, ever since I've been a fan, we've always been the underdog. We've always been the team that overcame the obstacles that overcame the drama that got in by the skin of our teeth, you know, to do this and the other thing that it was, you know my biggest like issue is anytime someone says that it was a fluke that we swept the lightning in the playoffs. Like this team is good. This team has players that are very good and very talented, but they consistently see themselves as the underdog, and they don't need to. They need to understand that they can they can produce and they can be this incredible entity um, once they start playing together and being in that confidence and, you know, having these moments. And I think making the switch to being a more offensive team is going to help with that. We just need it to kick in a little bit faster (laughs) than it has been. Um, But yeah, I would just give them, I mean, again, I don't know. We made, 25 scoring opportunities tonight. So like clearly that's there. It's just the two parts are not meeting. You know, in the middle to make connections. Like we're not meeting defensively and offensively correctly in order to secure those scoring opportunities. So I know that almost every single player in their post game interview was like we're going to be watching a lot of tape. Um so I hope they are. I hope they are watching a lot of tape and I hope they are seeing you know these points within the game where they just need to find the rhythm again you know we're gonna we're going straight to detroit um which will be interesting you know because detroit i mean i also don't think that they've no they haven't won any games um no they
0: they they beat the hurricanes tonight
1: did they yeah
0: they won four to two
1: okay so we'll hear more then um so this will be fun um i hope that we can get some of our confidence back with these two games for, in Detroit and just get that first one. I mean, Cam said it best tonight. The first one's always the hardest to get. And hopefully once they get it, some of these other hiccupy, you know, marginal things start to shake off as well and they can find themselves on a rhythm. So yeah, I think my, my added critique as, a, as a fake coach, as a fan, <laughs> girl who can't skate to save her life um you know is to just really focus on finding that rhythm and finding you know how we make these two parts mesh together I'm not concerned about our goalies I think that we have two very strong goalies Corby was incredible the other night um and Elvis like Elvis will shake it off Elvis is a great you know he's a very skilled goalie again still young in the league you know and we've only played two games so I'm not concerned about our goalies I'm concerned about those playing in front of them um right and that's what I want to see as we go into Detroit
0: yeah for sure and I I think it's like you talked about scoring opportunities and I just wanted to like bring up a stat from tonight so one of the things like one of the deep dive analytics stats is like expected goals per like per 60. And it's like looking at how many goals the team should score based on the shot quality, based on, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the expected goals for tonight were 1.99 for Nashville. So we allowed five, but in reality, really two were were expected analytically and the uh, goals for Columbus would be 3.06. So, um, again, like Sarah's had a good game and, and elvis was a little rusty um for me, I think going into the next game, i think uh, don't be afraid to um i mean you don't want to play with fire too much i, I would be interested to maybe give Peek a chance there as the sixth defender and kind of like flop him out like flip him out for Kukin and just kind of see what happens i think also on top of that like I would be interested in seeing a little bit towards said that he was okay with the way the lines looked by the end of the night, but in my head i there's a part of me that would be interested in seeing what Domi would bring to that first line at this point. Like we talk about how Domi is supposed to drive offense and things of that nature. And on the side of Gregorinko and and Gregorinko, I think has found himself in a lot of really great scoring opportunities. And if Domi can set him up for some of those similar to Oliver Bjorkstrand, then I think that that line will really start to finish on those opportunities. Um, You know, I don't know if that means moving Pl down. I mean, obviously, that would probably mean moving Pl down to that second line with, with Cam and maybe with with Nick or, um, you know maybe Nick and, or
1: Boone.
0: Yeah, and, and just kind of seeing how that transforms that line. So who knows? That would kind of be where I'd go. But Laura, you alluded to to Detroit. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen on Z's day? Are we are we beating Detroit? Are we losing to Detroit? What's what's your call?
1: It's Monday, by the way. We play Monday. Oh, is it Monday? Yeah we play Monday afternoon.
0: That's my fault. I'm like looking at like we're recording this and it's now gone into Sunday so like in my head I was like oh it's two days from today so Sunday <laughs> Monday Tuesday. But yeah yes, you're right.
1: Um, I really I'm not gonna say you know because everyone and even myself regs on Detroit because they are you know have not had a great last couple of years. Um, they are rebuilding in a lot of ways. Um and they're you know all across the board the sort of the bottom of the of the totem pole in this uh new division new new discover central division that we're in Um, i like
0: the product placement i like that you said (laughs) it because i i forget them discover is the only one i know i think the scotia is it scotia north it's mass mutual east and it's honda west is that what it is i don't know It's, it's so i mean it doesn't bother me any, but, like, I will never remember them. Like, I will never care to remember them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I only know ours by heart. So, um, but, you know, so I don't I don't want to necessarily – because, like you said, they beat the Hurricanes tonight um, and arguably a, a team that we are sort of ranked side by side with, you know, between the Hurricanes and Nashville. We're kind of a, a three tandem um, skill level. So I don't want to say we're going to go in and blow Detroit out of the water. Um, That's not the case. I do really hope that we win. I would like to win by a couple of goals. Um, Last year we were the team that consistently only won by one goal or, you know, won in shutouts where it was one to zero. Like we need to give ourselves some cushion so that we are not – pushing, 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 pushing all throughout the game and wearing ourselves out by the third period. And that's when, when they're tired, when they're feeling crazed, that's when the wheels fall off. And so I would like to see us maybe win like 3-1 in our first game against Detroit, um, or, you know, maybe a nice 4-2, um, and really just kind of give us a little bit of a cushion. I'm definitely not expecting anything that happened like last night with the um, Avalanche and the Blues. Like, I don't think that we're gonna do a 8-0 shutout or anything of that nature, but um, I do wanna see us win by a little bit of a cushion. I'd like to see Corpy get the start. I think that that's what Torts will do. um, And, or, or he'll, you know, <laughs> he'll let Elvis try again and see what happens. But I would like to see Corby back um, in the net, and you know, I would like, like you said, I would like to see some mixing up a little bit more of the first and second lines. Um, I think Max is getting Max Domi is getting a lot of weird criticism for a brand new guy. Um, I think a lot of people forget we we've known about Max for so long now because we drafted him, you know, in October or not drafted. We, you know, traded for him in October. Um, And, you know, people have made a lot of fuss about Max. He's an incredible player. I think he is going to do great Um, as a Blue Jacket. He's very passionate about being a Blue Jacket, um, which is awesome to see. And. But he's still, he's still brand new, and he's still figuring out you know, his place. He's also playing center again. He wasn't playing center in his last team. He was a winger for Montreal. Um, so he's got some adjusting. So I think the criticism has been a little haphazardly put on him um, in these first two games. But So I would like to see some play up. Don't know how PLD would react to being moved down to the second line. Um,
0: I don't know that I care. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but I would like to see Max play with Oliver um, and see yeah, too. You know, what that looks like because Oliver, much like Cam, needs you know these these playmakers to play with him so that he can do what he does best, which is putting the puck in the net. So, um, so yeah, so that's what I'd like to see for Detroit.
0: Yeah, I think here's what I'm worried about: if we don't sweep Detroit, if we don't do that. Do you know who we play after Detroit?
1: Do we go to Tampa already?
0: Well, we we, we host Tampa. We have two games against Tampa. Oh, yeah, after, they're
1: our first home games.
0: Yeah, after Detroit. And so I, like, if we don't go into those games two and two, like, I get a little bit worried about what happens after that, right? Because I, I hope that this team is able to split a series with Tampa, a two-game series, but I don't know if it's able to, um, based on the way that, A, Tampa t- – what is Tampa like Tampa looks great Um, which shocks nobody but I I, I don't know I worry a little bit but nevertheless I think we'll win the next one I I do think that we are a better team than Detroit like I think we'll come in with a good game plan and I'm hoping for the best but Laura is there anything else like just thinking of wrapping up this game this recap that you can think of that we didn't touch on tonight
1: not specifically I mean this has just been so much fun I mean these are for sure That you and I just have um, together because people get tired of our other friends get tired of listening to us um, rattle on about hockey. But no, I think I'm still staying positive um, about this season for us. You know, we'll see how things go, but I I feel hopeful that they're gonna figure things out, and I'm excited to see um, you know how this venture goes and what we get to talk about down the road.
0: Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Well, thank you so much for giving in to my my silliness and doing this podcast with me. Um, y'all can make sure to follow um, you follow Line Change Media at Line Change Media on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I don't know if anything will ever come of that, but we do have a TikTok. Um, things of that nature that's where you'll find content on the Lion Change podcast which is a podcast dedicated specifically to uh, social justice and activism within the sport of hockey and within sports in general uh, again you'll find this podcast uh, objectively speaking uh, and that'll be after every Blue Jackets game and then you'll find me live streaming on Twitch every once in a while stay tuned for a regular schedule for that But I appreciate y'all tuning in. Thank y'all so much. And we look forward to talking to y'all Monday night after the Blue Jackets hopefully find a way to beat the Detroit Red Wings. Everybody stay well and we will talk to y'all soon.